0: You know, the, the the thing, David, that made the 1960s what it was, it was uh, quite a few fighters. Mm. And probably the most impressive thing about a lot of those guys, and since, you know, we'll start with, well, a lot of those guys is that amount, the amount of time that they fought within a year. Oh, yeah. If there was no such thing as I'll fight January, okay, we'll make a fight come March, and then maybe we'll fight in September. And then we'll fight again next year. These guys (laughs) fought. (laughs) I mean, these guys fought so many times, it was ridiculous. And that's just getting up to the title. Mm. Now, the thing about Jose Napolis was this. And the most amazing thing about him, if you watch his footage, you'll notice that he was one of the few fighters that stayed on his toes. He bounced around. That was just, uh, I mean, it was like unreal. Mm. And he fought, and what, you know, he, 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 he Curtis Coates. Well, I want to say Curtis Cox may have been one of the way well, he was, He maybe one of the greatest fighters that he fought. Okay. Mm-hmm. And literally, each time it was like, okay, one, the first time he fought, you expected, okay, Cox to be the difficult guy that he was. Mm-hmm. But the next time, it was, well, I think it was like a few months later, <laughs> he takes this guy on again. Right. So he made it look real easy. Yeah. That's the type of fighter that he was. He was so smooth. He he came on after guys like Koch and Shipes had held They had pretty much when Charlie Shipes and Curtis Cokes fought for the uh the title, it was up for grabs. And they actually mm-hmm. took Curtis Koch and Charlie Shipes, who was my brother's trainer, actually, and stablemate with mm-hmm. George. That that's the, the amazing thing was in within their stable was Char George, Liston, Charlie Shipes, Fred little, right? Wow, I mean, that's, guys, a, that's
1: a lot of talent in one room. That's
0: a lot of talent yeah. in one, you know, and, and they came. So, and that, which gave a young guy like uh, like George who came, that was a couple of, some other guys, don't get me wrong, did catch quite but some of the others never really, that was a young heavyweight by the name of Terry Hinky, who was pretty good out of uh, Seattle, uh, Washington. He was pretty good. He got his record, but we moved up, stepped up in competition, kind of mm. like Boone Kirkman and those guys, he got beat, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but Jose Napoli's, took on the best fighters of his career. Of consistently. That, of the, of his, of, of, yeah, consistently. Yeah. You you, you fought in June, or you fought in January. Okay, you're going to fight again in March. You fight in March, you're going to fight in May or June. Then you're going to fight in October, and then you're going to get a fight before you end the year, which is November, December.
1: And you could kind of tell, too, um, be, the the fighters of that era, all looked so much more comfortable in the ring yes. than they do nowadays. Um, you like, you know, there are some fighters, I'm sure they hard spar all the time, or maybe they just don't feel it, um, the pressure as much as other fighters. And then they get in there and every time they look relaxed, but there are a lot of fighters nowadays to where uh, you could tell they're, they're, they're really high strung. It takes them four to five rounds sometimes to really get into their groove. And I figure that's gotta be because they're not fighting as often. Um, well,
0: that and, the, and that that may be, and that's some truth to that, David. But more or less, these guys don't go in the gym until you call me and tell me I have a fight schedule. Hmm. See, back then that didn't. I've seen this a lot myself. It's more, it's in the late 70s, early seventies, more than in, the, in, the, in the late sixties as well. These guys stayed in the gym. It yeah, was a, it was it was a trade and a skill to them.
1: Well, they if, if they're not if they're not doing that now, that's just stupid.
0: Well, they don't. I mean, you know, you hear guys that say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going back in the gym. I, I heard Mike Tyson the other day say something that was kind of, you know, you haven't heard in a while. He just fought, what, three weeks ago. He says, I'm back in the gym next week. Or he was just back in the gym last week. Now, wow. that's the because why? That was the way Cus brought him up hmm. during his career. You don't wait to get ready for a fight. You are ready for a fight. And there were times when those guys fought as coming up as a contender, you filed 12, I think one time, I know my brother fought 12 times, Ali fought one time, Teddy 11 times, Joe Frazier fought and I think Mike Tyson in one time fought 13 times in one year. That's like I can't, like I can't think a- of
1: another art or profession where you would just take um, months off at a time and not keep up with your skills. Even if you're a painter, yeah. you don't stop painting until you get a commission, you know? Yes. It, doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> you have things ready. And mm-hmm. that's what those guys did. Naples, and they brought in other contenders, or sometimes even world champions that they've worked with. And maybe he was 47, but the other guy may have been 54. Like, I, 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 we're, t- we're going to talk about it, like guys like Carlos Mazzon before they became world champion. But it was guys like him around, Nino Benvenuti, uh, and other guys that were around doing that weight that they, and they were all perhaps... Even though promotions may not be the word, but we could say they were all handled by pretty much the same group of people, which mm-hmm. means that you had guys who were strong enough that they had a group of fighters here, like some of the uh uh Dundee, one of the Dundee brothers, yeah. right? He was that strong. He had that outreach. So maybe he was down to Chris, maybe he was down in Florida, but he had outreach to guys in Mexico. As a matter of fact, I think Chris Dundee had something to do. I'm sure that but not just him but other fighters as well Hmm. so that was an outreach that all these guys had around the world because why you didn't really have the televisions today like you do where you can get a fight broadcast from over in uh you know it it may have been maybe if it was it was replayed three months ago and you got a chance to see it on television Hmm. today as you all know it's instantly and that's the difference in these guys again today and i think that when you mentioned that you're absolutely right the skill set even though we have may have a couple of guys today that are pretty good and smooth but as you said, it takes them a couple of rounds three four rounds to really get their groove on and before you know it maybe they're out distancing or they're just you know either catching up with this other guy or the fight is getting to be so one-sided you can tell the difference naples yeah. was he was not one of those kind of guys i had a chance to <laughs> see him in the forum with my brother one time, man, and this guy was like the most purest boxer, probably of that general in the wealthy ways for sure.
1: Because hmm.
0: remember, this was kind of like the end of Sugar Ray Robinson was kind of like that made his last defenses somewhere in the city in, in the in the sixties of that part. So he was like, and, and he was really, I would almost say, the most unknown of all the fighters.
1: Hmm. Well, that's so that's, when that's surprising. Came, when I when I when I looked at him fight. Uh, he's so exciting. Uh, I, I I find it fascinating when, like, two great fighters have kind of the same principles that they use, but they do it in drastically mm-hmm. different ways. So the way that uh, Napolis changed head slots or uh, or foot position with every single punch really reminded me of Lomachenko, but yet the way they do it could not be any different. Like you said, you know, uh, Napolis was really... Uh, Kind of Holyfieldish in and out footwork, but mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. more angles than Holyfield possessed. Um It's it, usually fighters have like one or two, you know, tricks that they like to use. Then they they have a number of ways to set it up, maybe. But it's just like, okay, I like to bounce in and bounce out an uppercut, you know, like Holyfield. Or I like to, yeah, to, yeah. to I like mm-hmm. to jab and I like to sidestep and then come over with my right. But Napoli's just had like all of those
0: <laughs> yeah. at the at the I same mean- time. And, you know, he was kind of like that first change of standard Mexican fighters, hmm. uh, Spanish fighters. He didn't go, here I come, right? You know what I mean? Hmm. That whole thing of going, being overly aggressive.
1: No, if he was he, he was
0: slick. He was slick. If he did do it, you didn't know it because it was the way he could, like you just gave kind of analogy with Holyfield. He could go in, move this way. You may have thought he was coming at you, but he wasn't going to be there when you got there. So... He was able to hit you with something else, slide in, throw you, hit you with the hook, step back over, throw his right hand. Those are the kind of things that made him perhaps, and the name itself, that was another guy that was between Condon uh, Condon came later on, but there was a guy, uh, Lamont, right? That was all lightweight, of course. But all of these guys kind of possessed the same uh, style of fighting. I'm not going to be, I'm just not going to let you bang on me, bang on me. I'm going to make you create something while we're in this ring. If you can't figure this out, you're going to be in for a long night or a short night. And that's what Holy Annapolis was. That's what Overwhelmed
1: them with just too too many different angles, too many different kinds of attacks in too many different places at once.
0: You could see him get frustrated. Yes. And Curtis Colts was the well school fighter. I mean, you know, of course mm. he's in the Hall of Fame, of course, but he was a well-schooled fighter, uh, and to see what he did to guys like him, it's just—it was just amazing. So uh, when it, it gets to the point that sometime in boxing, the, the, the we that's we that's in it. We may come up with these names and we see something. We know, okay, let me see who this guy is. But the average historian, because there's not footage on these guys like it is in NFL football, basketball, you know, in baseball, people can't just click on this. Oh, what? that you know, that was a 1966 World Series. Well, you can look at 1963, 65, pardon me, and you may not even see a, 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 any footage of Jose Annapolis because, mm-hmm. I mean, why? It just wasn't, it wasn't there. The night that he won the titles maybe or the first time, he just all of a sudden became this household boxing name, Boxing Illustrated, World Ring Magazine, and all that stuff. And that's when we got a chance to really look at him. before the, He came in. He probably went out just before that whole big thing where television started to come in, Wide World of Sports, CBS Sports, you know, and stuff like that. And that's really why we perhaps forget about and we don't talk about them. I hear all the commentators a lot. Oh, this guy's a lot like Ray Robinson. It's like they run out of name sometimes, you know, mm. uh, sugar or something, because why? They haven't done their homework. And really, that's true. Um, Lomachenko may be the closest guy to him in these days where you say a guy that's slick, kind of slick, move and does things and make you pay for it without, you know, what I'm saying is hit without getting hit. Mm. So they don't, uh, so, and a lot of these commentators don't, even the boxers, they haven't done that. Maybe they watched heavyweights. Maybe it depended on which weight they were in, but most of them, couldn't really tell you about these the the uh, style of Jose Napolis and plus you got to work at being that. Oh
1: know, yeah, uh, that's that's so many different. More. It's like um he's like a, a musician that could play a bunch of different styles. Yes. like you know if you if you uh so, some some musicians are really good they at uh, just you know they have their basic four chords you know A C D C and yeah. they, could, they could get up but then you have yeah. uh you have some musicians that could just play anything and everything. And that was kind of Napolis. Uh, um, was Napolis. Mm-hmm.
0: He bang, I can box, but I, you know, mm-hmm. and after the guy hits you so many times, you're like, well, let's try boxing a little bit because you hit me too much. And then it's the same thing. Just as you said before, he's just overwhelmed you. And that was it. Tremendous boxer, tremendous athlete too. I think he also played soccer as well. If I remember reading something about him before.
1: That as explains as the footwork. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, a, yeah. You know, so guy said, hit me with the ball rather than with the fist though. Uh, Jose, I'd rather have that, but tremendous boxer and well-deserved, you know, his Hall of Fame inductions as well.